Greetings in the name of the triune God. Welcome to the Rural Midwestern Pastor Podcast. My name is David Johnson, and I'm blessed to pastor the small rural congregation in which I was raised. Please join us as we explore together how the scriptures declare the good news that God's kingdom has come to us in Jesus. If you'd like more information about our small rural congregation, please visit SamanakBaptistChurch.org. That's S-O-M-O-N-A-U-K BaptistChurch.org. Thank you for listening. May grace, peace, and everything good be yours in King Jesus. Good morning. Welcome to the SBC Daily Word for Thursday, April 8th, 2021. We've been walking through this farewell letter that is attributed to Peter, known as 2 Peter, and we've looked at verses 1 through 4 thus far. Today we're going to bite off a little bit more than what we've been. We're going to be looking at verses 5 through 11. So if you'd grab your copy of the scriptures and open to 2 Peter, Chapter 1, we'll be looking at verses 5 to 11. As I stated earlier, this is a farewell letter. Uh, Early on in the letter, Peter tells us, and we'll see these verses here uh, next week, is that he knows that he is going to be dying soon, and he desires to share kind of some farewell parting words for this congregation. And he wants them to not be robbed of two things, to be robbed of their hope and to be robbed of their holiness. Those things are threatened to be taken away from them because of some false teachers that have wormed their way in to the lives of the recipients of these letters. These false teachers are causing them to question whether or not Jesus is ever going to return. So they're questioning whether or not the, the promise to return has been properly understood by them. And then that, secondly, is connected to the reason they have for holiness, that when we appropriately focus upon the second coming of Jesus, the result will be a community that lives a life of holiness. So now in verses 5 to 11, Paul's going, or Peter rather, is going to be giving us a virtue list, okay? This virtue list was something that was very common in the first century Greco-Roman world, and these virtue lists were about the establishment of a community. In other words, when somebody would be initiated into this community, there would be a list of these are the commitments that we make. Earlier this week, I had heard an interview that Coach Mike Krzyzewski uh, had done, and he was describing this, this Duke coach. He was describing his time as a coach for USA Basketball, and they talked about how him, the coach, and the captain, LeBron James, came up with these 14 standards that this team of um, athletes would commit themselves to. Things like when they communicate, looking at each other in the eyes, things like never having a bad practice, things like uh, never making excuses when a mistake is made. And Coach Krzyzewski believed that those standards were essential to their success as a team. Similarly, this list of virtues that we are going to look at together 
is about holding a community together. That's important for us to remember because when we read a virtue list like this in our context, we automatically go individualistic. We think, how can I develop these virtues? Now, there's nothing wrong with that application, but that application can never be separated from this notion that this list was about this community of Christians having a common hope and also having a holiness that was something that, that held them together. So a couple of contextual observations. First, these virtues are inseparable from grace. Again, can I remind you of what verse 3 said? And again, we're looking at this section by section, but we can't miss the overall argument. Verse 3 said, His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness. So if we start to develop or see these virtues develop in us, it can never be something that could lead then to me saying, look how virtuous I am. And then pride beginning to develop in comparing myself to people I am perceiving as less virtuous. If we see in our lives virtue, knowledge, self-control, endurance, godliness, mutual affection, and love, it can never be, look at how I'm improving. Look at how I am being transformed. Because ultimately, when we see these things develop in our lives, they will be there because God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Secondly, look at verse 5. You know what? Let me read verses 5 to 11, having kind of set up the context, and then we can kind of make some observations of those verses. For this very reason, for this very reason, I'm in 2 Peter 1 verse 5, you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness, and goodness with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with endurance, and endurance with godliness, and godliness with mutual affection, and mutual affection with love. For if these things are yours and are increasing among you, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For anyone who lacks these things is nearsighted and blind and is forgetful of the cleansing of past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to confirm your call and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be provided for you. That last line there, again, helps us see that this list of virtues is connected to grace. Verse 3, his divine power has granted you everything you need for life and godliness. And then at the end, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. So again, these virtues that this text encourages us to develop can never be thought of as somehow us striving to earn a place in the kingdom of God or 
could never result in us being proud of our virtue because it all goes back to grace. Secondly, notice how it's sourced in knowledge. Again, verse three, through the knowledge of him who called us. And then in the center of this virtue list, this goodness or this virtue rather is then leads to knowledge that goes back then to the knowledge of not just some just random facts but it's about union with god it's about knowing god as jesus so a couple of observations we've already made this one virtue lists are about the way of a community the second observation i want us to make is again look at verse five for this very reason you must make every effort to support your faith okay so faith is the entrance to this community who are these people that i am a part of and we are together working to see these virtues developed in us they are people who believe the message that jesus gave to peter and peter gave to us so faith is the entrance to that christian community secondly what is the end what is the goal of this virtue development look at the final virtue verse seven and godliness with mutual affection brotherly love philadelphia is the idea there mutual brotherly affection and then mutual affection with agape love love is the goal of the christian community this virtue list as we as this community who believe the message about Jesus. We are a community who exists together because we believe in that, what God has done for us in Jesus. But then the goal, the reason we are a community is so that love can be the result of our being together. Notice again, verse nine, what happens if we lack these things or what is the reason of us lacking these things for anyone who lacks these things is nearsighted and blind and forgetful of the cleansing of past sins so again this virtue focused community is not a community that kicks people out when they don't see this virtue no it's forgiveness of our lack of virtue that actually leads to us being developing in our virtue. So what are a couple of ways that we could respond to this virtue list? First, church, church is for the develop is for developing the virtue of love. If you were to look at other Greco-Roman first century um, virtue lists, nearly all of them start with knowledge. In other words, the thing that gains you entrance into this community is you know things other people don't know. Peter very provocatively says that is not the first thing about our community. The first thing about our community is who we trust. The first thing about our community is faith, not knowledge. And then that faith 
leads us to come into this community that we may not be known for what we know, but we may be known for our love. So church, defined as people who believe the right thing, are then together to be those who develop in the direction of love. Secondly, grace and effort are not opposites. So Peter holds up faith as the first thing that will then lead to virtue. But then he doesn't just stop there. He then goes to say, add to that faith, support that faith with self-control, endurance, virtue, all for the sake of moving in the direction of love. Grace and effort are not opposites. This is all throughout the scriptures. Can I just give you two examples and then a quote to summarize the way I think Peter understands this connection between faith and virtue? Psalm 37, 3. Trust in the Lord. So you will live in the land and enjoy security. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, trust in the Lord, Psalm 37, 3, and do good. And you will live in the land, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. You see, for the Bible, there isn't this juxtaposition. There isn't this contrast. There isn't this opposite relationship between faith and virtue. Trusting in the Lord and all that entails will lead to good deeds. Peter heard Jesus offer the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus' conclusion to the best sermon ever preached. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. That ultimately the foundation upon which a fruitful kingdom community is built is people who not only hear the words of Jesus, but act on them. Beloved, within our Protestant tradition, we've been so afraid of good deeds that we have de-emphasized discipleship, that we have been guilty of what Dietrich Bonhoeffer called cheap grace, salvation without transformation. Beloved Peter, one of the original disciples of Jesus, a Jesus who forgave all of our unvirtue, but who then, having given us that clean slate, invites us to trust in him in such a way that it will lead to us doing good things. Beloved, trust in the Lord and do good. Hear the words of Jesus and act on them. That is what true salvation is.
Dallas Willard, one of my favorite authors on this notion of kingdom and discipleship says this, the path of spiritual growth in the riches of Christ is not a passive one. This is a really good summary, I think, of what's going on here in this first section of Second Peter, because we often think that, that the life of faith is this passive one, that we make some deal with God, we pray some sinner's prayer, we believe the right things, and then we just wait to die and go to heaven or wait for Jesus to take us there. And instead, what, what Jesus and the apostles give us is this active life of faith. So the path of spiritual growth in the riches of Christ, all that we've been given for life and godliness, this path of spiritual growth is not a passive one. Grace, Dallas Willard says, is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Effort is action. Earning is attitude. Beloved, Peter, Jesus, don't want us to believe that we need through our good deeds, through our obedience, to earn God's affection in our lives. But the scriptures do tell us to trust in the Lord and do good. Beloved, his divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Amen.